Blog Talk Radio. Stand by, please. We're having some technical difficulties. Please stand by. I want to welcome all of you to Live Deliverance in Net Radio Ministries. I'm trying to get on uh, Facebook, and it just went off. When you're going to do a good teaching, these spirits, voice bouncy, they really work. And uh, I can't let that happen. So please stand by so I can get back on air. I'm trying to get back in uh, the Facebook to stream, and it just went out. So please be patient with me and pray. Stand by, please. Everybody, please be patient. Thank God, November, the devil is a lie. And we will get on air. Please stand by. Okay, we're about to get ready to start. Thank you. We are now streaming live on our Facebook. Good evening and welcome to Live Deliverance Internet Radio Ministries. We are going to have a prayer seminar. We're having a prayer seminar tonight. We are going to all of you take notes on how to pray. There's a lot to learn about praying especially praying in the Holy Ghost. That's a different part, but we're going to start this off with prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come in the name of Jesus, how God has anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Lord, use me as your oracle and allow the power of God to penetrate every evil, wicked force that would try to block us from understanding this word. Lord, make it simple to the hearer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, before we start about praying to God, you ain't going to go nowhere if you have unforgiveness. We can stop the hoorah and praying for the Mercedes and the gold rings and all of this foolishness that people teach from wrong doctrine. You cannot go to God and pray to him with an unforgiveness. In Isaiah 59, 2, the word says, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. So he's not going to hear you. Okay? He's not going to hear you. It's not going to work. In Psalm 66, 18, Psalm 66, 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And a lot of people want to get blessed by God, but they don't want to forgive, especially with husband and wife. It ties up the man, his prayers being hindered because he won't forgive his wife. So we have to uh, 
get it straight with God before we start making requests with with the Lord. In Job chapter 13, verse 23, he says, How many are my iniquities and sins? Make me to know my transgression and my sin. Get it right. Ask God, Lord, show me. And when you pray, Jesus says in Matthew 5, 23 and 24, when you pray, leave your gift at the altar and go and reconcile to your brother and then come back and then give your gift to him. So you have to forgive. That's in um, Matthew 5, 22 and 24, also in Isaiah 43, 25. Now, if you need to know some scriptures on forgiveness, I'll give you some more. Psalms 85, verse 2. Psalms chapter 86, verse 5. Psalms 103, verse 3 and 12. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. And Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25. Principalities can hinder prayers. In Daniel 13, but the prince of the kingdom of the Persian withstood one 21 days below. Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me and to remember that that kingdom of Persia was of the devil and that was satanic intervention and God had to use angels to come through that prayer for Daniel. Now, if you forgive, you are on the right track. You have to forgive first to ask for forgiveness. Now, here are some hindrance to prayers, uh, the attitudes and actions that can make prayer ineffective. Wrong motives and requests. James chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. Sin of any kind in our life. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Idols in your heart. And you're trying to pray to God. You got to get that out. Ezekiel chapter 14, 1 through 3. First John chapter five verse twenty one. An unforgiven spirit. If you have an unforgiven spirit in your heart, your prayers are not going to be answered. That's in Mark eleven twenty five. Selfishness, selfishness motives and being selfish. Proverbs chapter twenty one verse thirteen. Mistreatment of family members. First Peter three seven. For husbands, Colossians 3.19. The Bible says, love your wife and be not bitter against them. That will stop a man's prayers when he's bitter against his wife. Please stand by. I got some people coming in that would like to come and listen. I have to open the door and bring them in. Please stand by. Now, make sure that if you are married, that you got to get it right with your wife and your, and, and, and wife, you got to get it right with your husband before you start praying, because both of you can mess up each other. That's in First Peter 3, 7, and also 
Colossians 3.19. Fathers provoke not your children to anger lest they be discouraged. Colossians 3.21. That'll block your prayer. Now, let's get into some basic definitions of prayer. Prayer is communicating with God. It takes different forms, but basically it occurs when man talks with God and God talks with man. That's how prayer is described in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 24. There are different forms of ways to pray to God. You can call upon the name of the Lord. That's in Genesis chapter 12, verse 8. There's going to be a lot of scriptures with this. I'm not preaching. I'm instructing you on scriptures about prayer, how to pray. Let the word teach you. I'm just giving you the scriptures. That's it. Calling upon the name of the Lord, Genesis 12, 8. Calling upon the name of the Lord, Genesis chapter 12, verse 8. Crying unto God, Psalms chapter 27, verse 7. You can cry unto God, Psalms chapter 34, verse 6. You can draw near to God, Psalms chapter 73, verse 28. And Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. You can look up to God and pray. Psalm chapter 5, verse 3. Lifting up your soul to the Lord. Psalm chapter 25, verse 1. The heart. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 41. Pouring out the heart to God. Psalms chapter 62, verse 8. Pouring out the soul, your emotions. First Samuel 115, instead of pouring out your emotions to a human, Pour them out, you'll hear have more compassion than a human being. Crying to heaven in Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 20. And if you're really sincere about your sin, God can forgive you. Ain't no sin God won't be able to forgive you. Forgive yourself. God gives us grace. And we are so grateful that we need this grace in time of need. Doing this journey on earth, being a Christian, it's not easy. Temptations, old habits, ways, nature of doing things. You know, I never was taught anything about a business. And Proverbs, after scriptures, had to teach me that. Our fathers may have taught us. I never knew anything about the Bible, especially my mother and father, nothing against them. They gave me what they had, which was Catholicism. So I had to study this. And... If we would take the time and the opportunity to study the Bible, you would be surprised of the benefits that God has given us. We just have to dig into it and find it. Okay, beseeching the Lord. That's in Exodus chapter 32, verse 11. You can seek God in prayer. That's in Job chapter 8, verse 5. Seek in the face of the Lord. That's in Psalms chapter 27 verse 8 and making supplications that's in Job chapter 8 verse 5 and Jeremiah chapter 36 verse 7 prayer is not just talking to God but it involves listening also and this is where Christians make a mistake prayer is communications 
And a one-way conversation doesn't last long. It just can't be your way. It has to be God's rules. Now, in Isaiah 55, 8, he says, my ways are not your ways, neither are my thoughts yours, says the Lord. So he don't think how we think. And when you pray, expect God to speak to you. Most often he will do this through his written word, one, or by a still, small voice that seems to speak to your heart. Sometimes he will give you a vision or interpret it back to your spirit, what you have prayed in your heavenly prayer language. There are many ways that he can respond back, but we have to be patient and wait on him. Don't just rush in and dump all your requests on God and then in your prayer. Allow time for him to speak to you. He will give you answers to your questions guidance for the day ahead and help your order of all of your priorities if you let him. He's teaching me that now and I'm 61. Sometimes he gives you a special message of encouragement to share with someone for whom you are interceding. When you pray, there's no one approved apostle for praying. You may pray by standing, First Kings, 1822, Mark, 1125, you can pray by bawling down, Psalms, 95.6, you can pray by kneeling, Second Chronicles, 613, Second Chronicles, 613, Second Chronicles, 613. Kneeling, Psalms 95, verse 6, 22, verse 41. Acts 20, verse 36. Falling on your face, Numbers 16, 22. Joshua 5, 14. First Chronicles 21, 16. Matthew 26:39 Spreading out your hands you can pray to God that way Isaiah 115 2 Chronicles 6:13 Lifting up the hands Psalms 28:2 Lamentations 2:19 1 Timothy 2:8 How prayers answered The Bible reveals that prayers answered immediately at times that's in Isaiah 65:24. It is also in Daniel chapter 9, verse 21 through 23. Sometimes it could be delayed at times. That's in Luke chapter 18, verse 7. Difference, a different form of desire can come as God moves into your heart as you pray. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 9. And sometimes these prayers can be answered beyond our expectation. I've seen the power of God minister to me. I truly was asking him to forgive me, and I was crying. And I was crying out to God, and I said, you are a God of righteousness. I'm a sinful man made in this flesh. And I just told him, and I prayed to him, and I was sincere, and I asked him to forgive me. 
And as I poured my heart out to him, he answered my prayer and restored something back to me less than 48 hours. Let me say this. The Lord is moving on my heart. When you sin, it will block your prayer. A lot of people think when they sin, they're just supposed to walk away from God and, well, God don't want me no more and I, I'm not worthy to uh, be in his kingdom because I keep having these problems. Look, he know that you was going to have them problems before he called you. Ask for repentance quickly. As I learned, when I make a sin, I run to Christ. That makes you not like the sin. But if you in sin and you're having problems with areas of sin, sin, when I say sin, that could be a lot of things. Just don't be one track double minded. The first time you, when people you hear pastors say sin, first day they say uh, lost sex. Man, there's many demons in just that. Although that'll kill you, all of them will kill you. But ask God to forgive you if we confess our faults. He is just and able to forgive us for all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9. Because what the devil will do is to penetrate that and bring condemnation. You don't need that. It's enough to get convicted. Man, when I sin, it's a bad feeling. It's just awful because that's the word in me and in sin dwell in me. And we struggle with this thing. This is why we need to pray in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost is very, very effective. And we're going to talk about that as we continue to our doing our teaching. We're going to really spend some time on that tomorrow, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's a very potent uh, way to communicate to God and bring intercessions. Let's look at the prayer life of Jesus, our Lord. Prayer should be important to us. It was important to the Lord Jesus. Jesus is our great model and intercessory of prayer. Now let's look at this. Jesus made prayer a priority. Do we make prayer a priority? He says in John 14, 11, and 12, what I should do, you should do. So let's look at the scriptural references of things that Jesus did and how he made it a serious a priority in his life. I pray a lot uh, in tongues. I pray a lot in tongues. When I'm troubled, uh, when I'm going through trials and tribulation and praying for income to come in here, I have to pray in tongues, and it's very, very, very effective. And uh, I think the Lord taught me, you know, how how to do that because that's very, very, very effective when a person pray in tongues. And we're going to really dabble into that because it's very, very much needed uh, to understand the portion of the power of praying in tongues. Uh, Jesus Christ prayed at any time of the day or night. The scriptures to show that in proof is in Luke chapter 6, verse 12 through 13, uh, Matthew 4, 4, and Deuteronomy 8, 3. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, took prayer priority over eating. Sometimes I see a person, they eat. You don't know who's cooking that food. You don't know if it could be cursed salt on that food. You don't know if there's a witch back there putting wickens on that food, and you just eat it. You know, I got sick one time by not praying over my food. That was the last time I ever do that. Pray over your food. You're, you're quick to wash it. 
but you got to also watch it spiritually. So Jesus took prayer as a part of overeating, and more than eating, he prayed. The spirit walk of Christ is the example that we have. See, we're fleshly. He was fleshly, but he taught us how to walk righteous in the flesh by doing these things, by praying, by fasting, by uh, crying out to God, by interceding for others, by yielding yourself to the spirit of God so the spirit can talk to your spirit, by communicating and making yearnings unto him in in, in the spirit realm. This works up the spirit, and it brings havoc on the devil. Jesus took up a, a priority, a prayer over any business deals that he had to do with his disciples. That's in John chapter 4, verse 31, verse 32. Now let's look at the prayer that was accomplished uh, by events of importance in his life. Jesus prayed at his baptism, Luke chapter 3, verse 21 through 22. During the first ministry tour with his disciples, he prayed, Mark. 135, Luke 5:16. The four, the choice of the disciples, he prayed. Now he's the son of God. He prayed to make a decision. We have to pray to make decisions who's in our lives, who's not in our lives. And believe me, I done messed that up so many times in my life. I thank God for his mercy and his grace. Pray and ask God to lead us, not ourselves. Prayer directs us to his will. Without God, we're just rebels. Our life is meant to serve him and worship him for life after death. There's another life. And if we would serve him and lead him and let him, let him lead us and cry out to him, cry out to him about your sin, cry out to him about your weakness, he understands you more than anyone on this earth, more than your mother and your father. He created them to give you. So when we make decisions in our life, please remember Luke chapter 6, verse 12 through 13. Making decisions is not easy. Even Patton prayed. He sent a prayer to a a military chaplain chaplain for a Normandy invasion, if I'm not mistaken. Patton said, uh, say this prayer to the Lord. Tell the Lord I needed to stop snowing. Now, this was an army general, and he believed. He had enough belief to send it to a man of God. It was chaplain. And the chaplain wrote a prayer, and they prayed it. And the next day, the United States was able to come in to stop the Germans and to go to Auschwitz and to free the Jewish people. So, uh, before making any decisions, please make sure that prayer is a priority in your life. Also, wait. Don't be hastened to make a decision, especially in business. Before and after the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus prayed. Uh, Matthew 14, 19, and 23. Mark 6, 41, and 46. John chapter 6, verse 11. John six fourteen and 15. At the feeding of the 4,000, he prayed. Matthew fifteen thirty six. Mark 6 and 7. Before the confession of Peter, Luke 9, 18. Before the transfiguration, he prayed. Luke 9, 28 and 29. 
after the return of the 70, he prayed. Matthew 11:25, Luke 10:21. At the grave of Lazarus, he prayed. John 11:41 and 42. At the blessings of the children, he played, prayed. Matthew 19:13. At the coming of the <coughs> excuse me, certain Greeks, he prayed. John 12, 27 and 28. He also prayed for Peter in Luke chapter 22 through 32. He prayed for the giving of the Holy Ghost. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, pray for it. Ask the Lord to give it to you. John 14, 16. He prayed on the road to Emmanuel. Emmanuel, E-M-M-A-U-S. I was there in Israel. I have a rock from there. Luke chapter 24, verse 30 and 31. Prior to his ascension in heaven, he prayed. Luke chapter 24, 52, 53. He prayed for his followers, John 17. The prayer Jesus taught is recorded in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. We're going to look at that and break that prayer all farther down. Also, before the, his greatest trial, before they, he's going to get crucified, he had to pray. Man, imagine you knowing you got to die. You got to get some energy. He was a human. He was in human form. Yet he was the son of God in human form. He was able to understand why we need grace, why we need the Holy Ghost. We can't do it. We can't reach his kingdom without these things. Now, I want to uh, look at different levels of prayer. There are three levels of intense in prayer, asking, seeking, and knocking. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. For everyone that asketh receives it, and he that seeketh findeth, it. and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 8. Asking is the first level of prayer. It is simply presenting a request to God and receiving an immediate answer in order to receive the conditions is to ask. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. John, I'm sorry, James 4, 2. Seeking is a different level of prayer. This is the level of prayer where answers are not as immediately as at the asking level. The 120 gathered at the upper room. When they continued in prayer is an example of seeking. These men and women sought fulfillment of the promise of the Holy Spirit and continually seeking until the answer came in Acts chapter 1 and 2. Knocking is a deeper level, very deep. It is prayer that is persistent when answering are longer in coming into illustration by the parable of Jesus told in Luke chapter 11, verse 5 through 10. It is also illustrated by the persistence of Daniel who continued to knock despite the fact that there was no visible results because of Satan hindering the answers of his prayer in Daniel 10. He kept knocking. He kept knocking. That's a deeper level. I bind you, Satan. Keep praying. I take authority over you, you lying, foul demon. Go away from me and just knock on them and knock on them and knock on them. Paul calls for believers to pray always with prayers in Ephesians 6.18. Other translations in the Bible reads, praying with every kind of prayer. Godspeed translation, this refers to various types of prayer, 
which include worship and praise. You can enter into God's presence with worship and praise with prayer. Be at home and lift up your spirit and get some anointed music. But you've got to be very careful now because Christian musicians are trying to uh, become worldly. They, they want the worldly recognition. And you've got to be very cautious now. They're very talented, but they're more money-driven than more ministry-driven. Now, I'm not judging. I'm just saying most, not all. I'm not getting no name. You have to ask the Holy Spirit, what, what music that's anointed? You'll know. Listen to the stuff we have. Okay. Uh, praise and worship. Worshiping God in truth means that you worship him on basis of what is revealed in God's word. To worship him in spirit is to do so sincerely in the power of the Holy Spirit from the innermost of beings putting him first above all others. When you worship in the spirit, you allow the Holy Spirit to direct your worship. You do not use man-made formulas or rituals of worship. You do not just repeat chants of prayers with your mind somewhere else. Instead, you open up the innermost sincerity of your heart and spirit and praise and admiration to him as Jesus and his word. The Holy Spirit will take completely over and you will begin to worship in other tongues and prayer and feel the presence of Christ as you pray in the spirit and sing in the spirit you can do that singing in the spirit psalms chapter 9 2 psalms 9 11 psalms chapter 40 verse 3 mark 14 26 audible praise psalms 103 verse 1 shouting to the lord psalms 47 verse 1 lifting up hands to the lord first timothy 2 8 psalm 63 4 psalms 134 verse 2 Clapping to the Lord, Psalms 47. Musical instruments of all kinds, Psalms 150. Standing and singing to the Lord, Second Chronicles 20:19. Bowing down uh, to the Lord, Psalms 95:6. Dancing, Paul danced to the Lord, Psalms 149 verse 3. Kneeling, Psalms 95 verse 6. Laying down, Psalms 149 verse 5. Why is this? Because some people don't even know that you can worship that way. We must be committed. Prayer, committed in your life, will include a good relationship with the Lord. Petitions are requested. Requests may be made according to the will of God, revealed in his written word. Petitions may be at the level of asking, seeking, or knocking in prayer. Supplications, in other words, for this type of prayer. The word supplications means beseeching God and strongly approaching to him in behalf of a need. And if you would press and press and press and pray in the Holy Spirit and break, bring that breakthrough, bind the devil through your prayers. I bind you according to Matthew 18, 18. I take authority over you. You go away from my prayers. Don't you touch it. Don't you have nothing to do with it. Now, the most powerful areas of praying is in the Holy Ghost. Now, I got to tap on that before I leave, before we close. In Jude, chapter 120, the Bible says, But ye, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're building up yourself on your most holy faith. Notice this, holy faith. How can that faith become holy? Only by praying in the Holy Spirit. 
That's why he says, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Well, how does it become holy faith? He says it, praying in the Holy Ghost, it becomes holy faith. Jude one twenty. In Romans 8, 6, when we pray in the Spirit, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray, for as we ought to, but the Spirit itself making intercessions for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. You can see Luke chapter 12, verse 12 with that. So when you're praying in the Holy Spirit, there is something going on. There's some power uh, going on here. The Spirit helpeth when we pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to close with some history on the Holy Spirit and where praying in the Holy Spirit is found in the Bible and what the Bible says that you can do with this gift. Uh, most Christians who are Baptists into the Baptist area of their life and they don't know the Bible into denominationalism, don't understand anything about what we're saying. But the Holy Spirit's history is in the book of Acts. And the most prominent point that I would like to get to tonight, because we're talking about praying, is that when they was all in the upper room and they was praying, and they was praying in the spirit. This is the first recording of that. And, and when Jesus was taken up to heaven, they start praying in the spirit. In Acts 1-9, and when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up in a cloud and received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also say, you men of Galilee, why you stand ye glazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you in, into heaven, shall so come in the manner as have seen him go into heaven. So he coming back like that. Then it says, they return, they unto Jerusalem from Mount Carmel, which is a Jerusalem and Sabbath day journey. And when they were come in, they went up in an upper room where about both Peter and James and John, Andrew, Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zariot and Judas, the brother of James. These also continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. When the woman and Mary, this is Jesus' mother, and Mary, tell that to the Catholic Church. This is why you should be praying to Mary. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. So all these was together. And then it says that the gift of the Holy Spirit came on them in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they all were in one accord. And suddenly there came from the heavens of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them clothing tongues like that of fire, and it set upon each of them. Speaking with other tongues is biblical. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, if anyone wished to tell you that tongues does not exist, uh, that's not in the Bible. The Apostle or Paul warns people, and I will warn you, don't stop anyone from wanting to speak in tongues if you're a Christian. And I'll give you the scriptures to saturate what I'm saying. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Verse 39, it says, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophecy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. So you can't stop nobody. Now, when you're speaking in tongues, really it's a, a sign for the unbelievers. In 1 Corinthians 14:22, Wherefore, tongues are for a sign not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophecy serves not for them that believe not, but for them which believe it. Now, before we go into prayer, and while we're talking about praying in tongues, we're going to have to break down tongues. When to pray in tongues, you can pray at home. If you're in a church, you have to have an interpreter. So I'm going to have to teach that as we continue this about prayer, specifically praying in the Holy Spirit. I pray that this has been a blessing to you this evening. I hope that I gave you enough to chew on that you'll be able to absorb. I don't want to overdo it. I know I quote a lot of scriptures. It's just so much to cover. And if I uh, go very slow, it'll be three or four hours getting in what I was trying to get in. So we're going to come back with this prayer conference tomorrow, and we're going to pick up where we left off. We're going to be dealing with tongues, interpretation of tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit, and back to prayer, intercessory prayer, and much, much more on this subject of prayer at our prayer conference. Please go to our website. We now have a GoFundMe site at LiveDeliverance.com. Go to www.LiveDeliverance.com, and you can contribute by GoFundMe, or you can go to www.LiveDeliverance.com on the lower left-hand corner of our PayPal site to sow a seed to keep us on air. I want to thank every one of my supporters. They are so nice to me. Every last Tommy, brother Tommy helps me, the technician, this brother helps. We're teaching the word of God in Finland. We're on Rumble. We're going to bring some more teaching out on that. We're also um, back on YouTube. You can go to www.livedeliverance.com and hit YouTube. And we have some stuff on air. Uh, I'm going to uh, turn it on tonight and get back with our YouTube channel on tonight. I'm just giving this computer uh, a rest. Amen. I hope that you've been blessed this evening. I, I pray that you have learned something uh, from the Lord. And before I close, I also want to share this with you. This is a must. And the Lord sent me to share this before we leave. Um uh, We dealt with the types of prayers. We're going to move in the biblical basis of intercession. We need to understand what is intercession, who's the model of intercession, which is Christ. And that is very, very important because when we make supplications, we need to understand what we're dealing with when we deal with intercession. And a lot of people don't really understand that. So uh, I'm going to let you know it. 
Uh, in this lesson, you will learn that intercession is praying for others. And intercession is one who takes the place of another or plead another case. When you pray this way, you are interceding. Intercession may be defined as holy, believing, preserving prayer, whereby someone pleads with God on behalf of another or others who desperately needs God's intervention in your life. In this lesson, you will learn the biblical basis of intercession and about our model for intercession, the Lord Jesus Christ. You also learn how to do intercession and why it is important in the ministry for Christians to do this. The biblical basis for the New Testament believers' ministry of intercessory prayer is our calling as priests unto God. The Word of God declares that we are a holy priesthood, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, a royal priesthood, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, and a kingdom of priests, Revelation 1, 5. The background for understanding the calling of a priestly intercession is found in the Old Testament examples of the Leviticus priesthood. The priest's responsibilities was to stand before and between. He stood before God to minister to him with sacrifices and offerings. The, the priest also stood between a righteous God and a sinful man, bringing them together at the place of blood sacrifice in the Old Testament. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 11 through 19, explains the differences between the Old Testament and the New Testament ministries of the priests. The Old Testament Levitical priesthood was passed on from generation to generation through the descendants of the tribe of Levi. The Melchizedek priesthood spoke of it in pages in the New Order and spiritual priests of whom the Lord Jesus is now our high priest. It is passed on to us through his blood of our spiritual birth and new creatures in Christ to be intercessors model like our Savior Yeshua. The Bible records that God's purpose in sending Jesus was for him to serve as an intercessor. And he saw that there was no man and wondering that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness is sustained him, Isaiah 59, 16. Jesus stands before God and between him and sinful man, just as the Old Testament priest did. For there is one God and one mediator and one intercessor between God and man. That man is Yeshua the Messiah, 1 Timothy 2, 5. It is Yeshua that died, yet rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercessions for us now, Romans 8, 34. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that comes unto God by him, seeing he ever lived it to make intercessions for them, Hebrews seven twenty five. Jesus brings sinful man and a righteous God together at the place of the blood sacrifice for sin. No longer is the blood of an animal necessary, as it was in the Old Testament. We can now approach God on the basis of the blood of Jesus, which was shed on the tree at Golgotha for the remissions of sin. Because of the blood of Yeshua, the Messiah, we can approach God boldly without timidness and shyness. It's been paid for. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 4. 14 to 16. Jesus was an intercessor while he was here on earth. He prayed for those who were sick 
and possessed by demons. He prayed for his disciples. He even prayed for you when he interceded for all those who believe on him. Jesus continued his ministry of intercession after his death and resurrection. When he returns to heaven, he now serves as our intercessor in heaven. How intercession is done. As illustrated in following the Old Testament priestly functions of the New Testament patterns of Yeshua, we stand before God and between a righteous God and sinful man. In order to be effective, standing between, we must stand before God to develop the intimacy necessary to fulfill this role. In Numbers 14, is one of the greatest accounts of intercessory prayer according to the Bible. Moses was able to stand between God and sinful man because he had stood before him and had developed intimate communications with God. Numbers 12.8. Records that God spoke with Moses as friend to friend and not through visions and dreams as he did with others, but spoke to him. As New Testament believers, we no longer sacrifice as animals as in the Old Testament time. We stand before the Lord to offer up spiritual sacrifices and praises based on Hebrews 13.5 and the sacrifices of our own lives through Christ because we're dead in him, Colossians 3, 3, Romans 12, 1. It is on the basis of intense, intense and intimate relationship with God that we can then stand between him and others serving as an intercessor on their behalf. Peter used two words to describe these primary ministries, holy and royal. Holiness is required to stand before the Lord, Hebrews twelve fourteen. We are able to do it only on the basis of the righteousness of Christ, not of our own righteousness. Royalty is through Christ. Kingly authority, which is delegated to the members of the royal family to speak to legitimate access to the throne of God because of Jesus, he can intercede and do that. Sometimes this priestly intercession is done in understanding. This occurs when intercession for others and others of native languages that the Holy Spirit will have you to pray for on other nations. I've seen that also happen. I also, therefore, exalt the first of all supplication, prayers, intercessions, giving thanks to be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority. We are to intercede for people. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 2. At other times, intercession is made by the Holy Spirit. It may be with groaning, resulting from a heavily spiritual burden. It may also be an unknown tongue. When this happens, the Holy Spirit speaks through you, praying directly to God according to the will of God. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we ought to pray for, for we ought to, but the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us through groanings, which is uttered and cannot be uttered by the human mind. Romans 8.26, Colossians 2.19. For he who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but God, for no one understanding him. How be it in the Spirit he speak mysteries? The key to intercession really is to pray in the Holy Spirit. Because when you pray in the Holy Ghost, the devil cannot understand it. The devil can't hear it. And he definitely don't know what's going on. Amen. All right. Tomorrow, we're going to deal with delegating power and authority through prayer. When we intercede in prayer, we actually battle with enemies of Satan. For the souls of men and women, boys, girls, nations, and spiritual and political leaders, we do not do this in our own ability and strength, but on the basis of spiritual power and authority dedicated to us by Jesus. We will 
pick back up on prayer seminar on delegating your prayer and authority that Christ has given you to mankind in intercession and spiritual warfare tomorrow. That ends this session of the seminar, a prayer seminar. God bless. We're going to get ready to go now to area code 646-378-1857. We got a lot of people in the room. Chaplain John Durden, happy birthday to you. 81 years old. God bless you, brother. 81 years of age. He'll be here to 97. Amen. All right. Don't forget, sow a seed here to Live Deliverance Internet Radio. Please sow a seed. Keep us on air. We love you. Go to www.livedeliverance.com. Lower left-hand side of the icon, we have a PayPal site there for you. Also, on our site is a GoFundMe. You can go to GoFundMe or our Facebook. We're on 75 podcasts, and we are ministering to 47 nations. We're averaged every week, 423,000 listeners. God bless here at Live Deliverance Internet Radio. God bless you. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Peace unto you. Take the word, use the word, stand on the word, believe in the word, and you will win. Good night. That ends our broadcast here at www.livedeliverance.com. Those who are listening to me on a regular broadcast are going to go back to Deliverance Ministry, Frank Hammond. All right, uh, we're about to come out of Facebook now. And get ready to go into the room. All right. And we got Chaplain John Durden. Good evening. Happy birthday. Dr. C.C. Philmore says good evening. Dr. Douglas wants to speak to you. Hilmington, McNugget, Donaldson, Wilmore, and Dr. Bill Gore. And Dr. Bill Gore says uh, happy birthday, but he needs education. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I just got in the last uh, 20 minutes. Today is my birthday, so... The family took me out to celebrate my birthday. Uh, my education is I have uh, three master's degrees, one in human resources, which means personnel administration, where I had federal employees for the Department of the Army for 30 long years. When I retired, the good Lord wasn't through with me yet. He called me to the ministry and I went to seminary and obtained two masters while I was in seminary, a master's in counseling and another master was in theology. And as a result of those two masters, uh, God got me a job with the, with the hospital and I got hired as a as a chaplain, and I worked there for 20 years. I've retired now about 12, 13 years now. God bless you, gentlemen. God bless you. Yeah, you ain't going nowhere. Hold on. Wait a minute now. Now, see, you're smart. Now, I know you wrote all that out. See, I, you probably went to his house this morning and had him to go over and over and over and over. Reverend Darden, now, I'm 69 years old. Man, can't nobody tell me a man of that stature don't even have no education can break that stuff down like that. Man, don't come with me with that now. Come on and talk to him, Dirty. Come talk to him now. Don't get me upset. Okay, I don't want to upset you on your birthday. Come on. Come on. Come on now because I, I can't deal with this. I'm ready to talk. <laughs> Just be quiet. I can answer the question. You ready for me? <laughs> oh, what happened ahead, was, I've been hearing this for, um, for almost, uh, I don't know, for a whole year and a half. And, if I was in your shoes in your situation, I probably would have said the same thing. I had to experience it personally to believe what I've seen with my own eyes and heard with my own ears. Uh, what the Lord told me, I couldn't believe it. And, I, and you know, and I said, man, you know, and I said, I wish you'd stop saying oh, I can't, I can't spell and I can't, you know, and I said, that's hurt. But you know, just being honest, because if somebody said I can't spell and so on and so on, it's behind the hurt on earth. You can see all 
write all them sermons when he can't even spell kind of thing. Sure, he can't spell, but you know how the word come across? The same way it came across Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you know, they were, they were not theologians or doctors, and they had no math degrees. They were fishermen. The only one who was had a doctor degree was Mark. But uh, but um, but he got his from being a, 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 a medical doctor. So, I mean, Luke. It was Luke. That's right. So, just remember, God is telling me what to say. I couldn't believe it. I go over to his house while he's, uh, you know, the fellowship with him. And then he said, John, you're going to have to excuse me. The Lord is going to teach me a few things. And I said, okay. And I'm sitting there on the sofa, and the Lord writing stuff in Hebrew on his wall. And he can be able to read. And I said, you read that? He said, yeah, God gave me, told me what it was. God spoke to me. And the Holy Spirit be telling him what to say. It's like you stand in your pulpit, but you got a genius standing behind the curtains. And all them 100, 200 people listening to him, the Lord says this and the Lord says that. And they don't know he got a little thing in his ear. And he's repeating what the man behind the curtain is telling him. But so what's happening is the Holy Spirit is telling me what to say. There ain't no way in the world. I know half that stuff he be taught. Man, I've been to school just like you guys at Baptist school, and they, and they teach us what they've been taught. Can you imagine we being taught what they taught way back in the first century? You're talking about Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, and everything else. And so and to give you a point of view, you can line up 12 ministers from different denominations on, on the platform, and then you ask them the same question. I bet you $100 or $1 million, each one will give you a different interpretation. That's why God said, I want you to hear me. I will tell you what to say. Now, you can use your mind and everything else when you want to handle all your personal business, when you handle your friends and anything else. But when it comes to inspiration of the Spirit, of the Word of God, the Holy Spirit said, let me tell you what to say. And, you know, and I've been sitting under that man for a whole year and a half. I can't believe it. And that's what I'm doing now, man. I'm fasting and everything else because I want to head along like that. I don't want to behind my desk for a whole week, seven, eight, nine days trying to figure out what I'm going to say. Then sometimes I'll write a sermon. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I don't like it. Then I'm writing the whole thing all over again on Friday and Saturday. He's, he's not writing it. And then the last thing I want to say, proof of it, is God has reassigned him to, um, what's it, Jamaica? I think. That's yeah. And, and, and God thought, unless if I'm a citizen of Jamaica, that's do the same thing a citizen who God want to come a citizen in Atlanta and Georgia or the United States. They have to pass a test. Do you know they test him? And he, they asked him 100 questions, and guess what? He answered all of them correctly. They couldn't understand that. They didn't know the Lord did that for him because that's where the Lord assigned him. So I want you to know that's where the ministry of uh, deliverance is accepted. So the God okay. took him from America and put him over there. Got a, and what, got a text. You, Hang on. Got another text from Chaplain Reverend Dilmore. Dilmore says, are you a theologian, a pillar, or a brother of a pillar? What are you? I'm a man of God. What happens to the pillow? You're supposed to be a pillow. You don't want me to say that. Then every, everybody who calls himself a pillow because of, you, know, you don't want, you don't want to hear what I got to say about that. <laughs> you really don't. All right. A pillow is something you lay your head on, right? Now, that's, the, that's the closest I can come to it. God bless everybody. Chaplain Durden, we're going to see you back in 10 minutes. We'll get back on Blog Talk Check in about 20 minutes. We had a wonderful evening tonight. God bless. Happy birthday again, Brother John. Happy many more birthdays to you. God bless you. Nice knowing you're 81 years old. I tell you, boy, you going to be on behind here, there, buddy. Be here. 80, 82, okay, 97. Yeah, you'll be, you'll yeah, be here about 97. Yeah, I was born in 1940. 1940. Wow. You was born in the World War II. 
Yeah. Wow. All right, everybody. Brother John, I'll call you back on Blog Talk Tech Text in about five minutes. God bless everybody. Shalom. Yeah, be there. Today is a day of smiles. Cause today I got a new lease on life. Today I became wise. Cause I realized. Was wasting time. Spent many years living on the surface. Never took the time to go deeper in your service. I know the problem wasn't you, it was me. Every day living my life, trying to be my desire. 